0: Well, welcome back to the Servants of Grace Theology segment. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for this show. And on today's episode, uh, one of our listeners writes in, and they have a great question. And the question is, why is it so difficult to evangelize? Well, evangelism means preaching, announcing, or otherwise communicating the gospel of our salvation— It's delivering the message that Jesus Christ is not only the Son of God, but also gave his life as a sacrifice for our sins. And in doing so, he ensured eternal life for anyone who repents and believes and puts their hope and trust in Christ alone. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Jesus says this in John 14.6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So accepting that good news and then telling others about it so they know too is the definition of evangelism. Now, where does evangelism come from? The word. Evangelism comes from the Greek words, Evangelion, a good message or gospel, and Evangelizeo, to announce, to declare, to bring or preach this good news. Notice the word angel tucked inside the word. An angel is a messenger. Those who practice evangelism are indeed delivering a message, one of extraordinary good news, life-giving, transformative, with eternal ramifications. And so while the word evangelism isn't mentioned a lot throughout Scripture, its theme is woven throughout the New Testament. All four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are rooted in evangelism, and scholars often refer to the writers of the New Testament as evangelists. For Jesus had a message when he came to earth to deliver, to teach, to die, to rise again for every single one of us. And we are tasked to deliver that message both by Jesus and every other apostle in the New Testament in no uncertain terms. So evangelism, which is spreading the gospel, is important to Jesus. As scripture tells us, Jesus came so that we may live. Jesus wants everyone to know this truth that they too can be part of God's holy kingdom. His directives to evangelize are peppered throughout the Word of God. After all, in Matthew twenty-eight, nineteen through 20, known as the Great Commission, Jesus says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. We are to spread this good news everywhere to the ends of the earth, secure that he is always with us. Jesus says much the same in other verses. In Matthew 9:37 through 38, Matthew 10:7 through 14, Matthew 12:30, Luke 19:10, and Luke 12:8 to name a few. In Mark 16:15, Jesus tells us to preach the gospel to all creation. And the purpose is so others will know to and believe, and in believing they may receive eternal life. And Jesus tells his disciples this in John 5:24. Verily, truly, I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged but crossed over from death to life. This gift of eternal life is available to all. Now, in addition to Jesus' own words about the importance of evangelism, his apostles said and did much the same. We know from the book of Acts that after Christ's ascension, the apostles were filled with the Holy Spirit and scattered across the land preaching the word. And we see this in Acts 8, 4 through 25. In Romans, the apostle Paul spends time instructing the early church about the desperate need for evangelism so all can be saved. In Romans 10, 14, Paul says, how then can they call on the one one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? The message must be sent and delivered for it to be received. And Paul writes, no matter the cost or the risk, the the apostle Peter urges us to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have in 1 Peter 3.15. And we also see examples of evangelism throughout the New Testament, especially in the book of Acts. Consider Acts 2, it tells us how Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, preached boldly to the crowd, and about 3,000 people believed and were baptized in Acts 2.41. In Acts 8, the Holy Spirit prompted Philip to approach an important Ethiopian Official who was riding in his chariot south on a desert road towards Gaza. Philip obeyed, and when he heard the official reading the book of Isaiah, he used that to strike up a conversation that ultimately led to sharing the good news with the man who believed and was baptized in Acts eight twenty six to forty. In Acts is the story of how Paul and Silas shared the gospel with their jailer after a violent earthquake. The jailer believed he and his whole household. Acts. Uh, 1634, and Paul and Silas baptized them all. Now, Jesus' directive is clear. We are to love God. We are to love others. We're to repent of our sins and believe in Christ alone and then spread this good news throughout all the land. God's salvation was never meant to be a secret. Uh, Jesus preached to thousands in the name of the Father, warning, teaching, healing them. And then he willingly died a very public, torturous, humiliating death on a cross, flanked by criminals as a sacrifice when he died in our place and for our sin and was raised. As he said in one of his final words on the cross in John 19.30, it is finished. That, that's a common term at that time in referring to the payment of a debt. And with those words, Jesus was saying his death canceled out or finished our sin debt. We have been redeemed. And then after his resurrection, but before his ascension to heaven, Jesus told the apostles he was sending an advocate to be their helper in John 15 and 16. That advocate, the Holy Spirit, would help them carry out their assignment. And as Jesus said just before ascending to heaven in Acts 1.8, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That's not a suggestion. That's a command. You will be my witnesses. You will spread my message. You will tell others so they too can live. Now, there's a number of approaches or methods of evangelism as varied as any other form of communication is, but Scripture tells us we're the vessel. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, we are able to communicate the message of Jesus without fail. Now, keep in mind that words are not the only way to share the good news. At some point, you're going to need to tell somebody the gospel in a way that they can understand and for them to accept it as truth. But, often your actions can be an opening when it comes to people who adamantly oppose your faith, such as an atheist, someone who does not believe in God, or someone living a lifestyle in direct opposition to the ways of God. And in these cases, servant evangelism, like even food ministries, healing, or disaster response ministries, they can be an introduction. But to be clear— We must preach the gospel. We're not talking, I'm not just talking about the way in which we're living isn't our lifestyle. Yes, our lifestyle can introduce people to Jesus, but we should not just only be living the truth. We must, we have to tell people the truth. That's how they're going to hear. They might see our lives and become interested, and that's because God the character is being formed in our life. But we still, we can't not tell them the truth. We have to tell them truth the truth and scripture urges us to remember that when we believe and are counted among Christ followers it's important that we represent our faith well jesus reminds us to let your light shine before others so they can see our good works and so god can be glorified through us in matthew 5:16 paul in 2 corinthians 5:20 it t- tells us that Christ's ambassadors as though god were making his appeal through us in addition It's not just being nice to people in order to win them to believe and to be wise about seeking good opportunities to share the gospel. That's important. But Paul also says that we should be wise in the way you act towards outsiders, making the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt so that you may know how to answer everyone in Colossians 4, 5 through 6. In Paul's letter to his young mentee, Timothy, he urges in 2 Timothy 2:24 2, and 26, "And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance leading to them to a knowledge of the truth, and that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will." We must stay rooted in the word of God in our faith and the godly instruction we have received, as 2 Timothy three fourteen through 16 says. And not only will this help us in times of temptation, it's also going to help us to stay reminded of and filled with the Spirit so that we can be used by the Lord. Finally, we must be bold and confident about our faith, and our confidence is contagious, just like the Holy Spirit. In in Acts 4.13, the leaders were struck by the boldness of Peter and John's outreach and witness, and they knew without question that the apostles had been with Jesus. That boldness helped the church explode as more and more believers attracted to the gospel also believed and were themselves filled powerfully with the Spirit. Believers began to pray for boldness in Acts four twenty nine through 30 They knew it worked. And in addition to what we've already talked about, here's more verses about why evangelism is so important. Romans ten seventeen says, Faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word about Christ. That is, the word of Christ is the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. 1 Corinthians nine sixteen says, For when I preach the gospel, I cannot boast, since I am compelled to preach. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. John 1, 12 says, And yet to all who did receive him, those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. John 15, 8 says, This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. Well, there's so much to say about a question like, why is it difficult to evangelize? But whether you're struggling with fear or anxiety or from something else, here's what I think is really helpful and it helps me as I'm engaging in evangelism or I know I'm going to engage in evangelism. There's one thing, I pray at the beginning of the day, Lord, help me to be an instrument of your word. So whether that means I'm going to engage a non-Christian or I'm going to engage in discipleship with a believer, or uh, I'm asking the Lord, Lord, help me to be humble, help me to be focused on you, help me to be faithful to your word. And Lord, please provide opportunities for me to be useful and a blessing and an encouragement to your people and, and to speak to the lost. Um, this helps. But also, the second thing, as we talked about recently in a, in a recent episode on this on this show, we need to re- preach the gospel to ourselves. We need to rehearse the right message that Jesus died in, in my place and for my sin. I, I was once under the wrath of God, and now I'm a child of God. I'm bought at the price of the Son of God and the Son of Man. He paid the penalty for me. And, and, and he was buried and he rose again and yes he is ascended and now he he is our high priest he is the mediator of the new covenant he is interceding for me I I am his and he is mine I am held secure by by the sovereign God who upholds the world and who gives me life and breath and who's given me his spirit who in, which who indwells me and equips me and has sealed me in the beloved. These things remind us of the truth and what, what, what happens as we continue to preach the gospel to ourselves um the more that the more that we preach the gospel to ourselves the more that we're reminding ourselves about who jesus is and what jesus is like and in his greatness in his glory in his majesty and it's not just who he is but it's what he's done in his death burial and resurrection what he is doing as our high priest our mediator of the new covenant um, and, and what the Spirit is doing, the Spirit is conforming us ever more uh, to the image of Christ through the teaching and preaching of the Word. And so, the more that we remind ourselves of these things, the more it's going to help us to deal with anxiety in sharing the gospel with other people. And it's going to help with the fear of sharing Christ with other people. But it's also going to help us to remember to help us to deal with rejection and disappointment. When, When that evangelism encounter doesn't go well, we need to remember that the results are not ultimately up to us. Our job as Christians is to be faithful to the message, faithful to proclaiming Christ and Him crucified. And what the Spirit uses is He uses the faithful proclamation of His Word and of His Gospel, and He takes it and He uses it in the life of people. When that bears fruit, is up to the sovereign hand of God. He is the one who, as John uh, 6 tells us, he's the one who's irresistibly drawing people to Christ. He is the one who's opening eyes. He is the one that's opening ears. He is the one who's going to bring fruit to that faithful ministry of the word. And, and we participate in that by being faithful to what Scripture says. We engage in this mi- mission by praying for the lost, by praying as we're engaging in ministry to other people, whether that's to the lost or whether that's to, in making disciples. And that's often a missed component in, in this as well. But, you know, uh, we have said a lot today uh, there's a lot of, of different things that we can say. Uh, just one thing, last thought to before we, before this episode ends. You know, it's important as you engage in evangelism to ask questions of those you're engaging in evangelism. Ask them, who do you think Jesus is? What, what does Jesus mean to you? Uh, and you're going to get a dozen different questions. Now, we do need to talk. Uh, we didn't talk too much about sin. We do need to talk with people about sin. We need to talk about how they're alienated from God, how they're in need of the rescue that only Christ can provide. We see that very clearly. Paul outlines this approach in the book of Romans in Romans one through three. And then Romans in Romans one through three, he talks about how we're sinners by nature and by choice, how we've sinned morally and, and ethically and, and spiritually and how we're separated. All have sinned, right? Romans 3, 23 and six twenty three, 23. Uh, and we need the rescue that only Christ can provide. That's Romans four to five, um, and and all of these things are really really important. And don't uh, don't just think, okay, here's one approach to evangelism. There are multiple ways to engage somebody. Uh, you can ask questions. You can uh, walk them through as Ray Comfort does, the Ten Commandments, asking them, Have you ever broken any of the Ten Commandments? Well, yeah, if you're honest, yeah, who hasn't? Um, you know, and, and then tell them about the cross, tell them about the empty tomb, tell them about the beauty and glory of Christ and his death, burial, and resurrection. Well, there like I said, there's a lot to say about this particular question, but as I as I often say, I try to keep these to five to twenty minutes. And uh, we're approaching the 20 minutes. So I want to thank you for listening or watching this episode of the Servants of Grace Theology Segment. Until next week, may the Lord richly bless you and keep you. Thank you for listening to the Servants of Grace podcast today.